Welcome to Your Health Simplified. I'm your host, Tiffany Colbertson, a certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, and senior fitness specialist. And I'm here to help you, well, simplify your health. Let's get to it. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Your Health Simplified. I have a super fun guest today. I have Andrea Clausen. She's an Ayurvedic wellness counselor, a 500-hour yoga teacher, and wild woman circle leader, which I cannot wait to dive more into that, um, who has been in the wellness space since 2007. Her mission is to help people slow down, tune in, and connect with themselves again. Her favorite place to be is wandering through the woods with her family. Welcome, Andrea. I'm so glad to have you. Yay. I'm excited to be here and chat with you today. So you are really into learning how to align your body with the seasons and kind of the cycles of a woman's life. Um, And first off, congratulations, because you wrote a book on this. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know that was the last year and a half, my little project that I kind of went into hibernation mode for. So yes, it's my favorite, favorite thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Andrew wrote a book, divine body wisdom, a cyclical approach to living an aligned life. I'll let you guys know. I haven't read it yet because I'm still waiting for my copy. It should be here this week for you. Our (laughs) our postal service has been so slow here. So I'm just like on the edge of my seat waiting. So, um, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about was, um, how do you start aligning your life, um, with the cycles of life and why it's important, especially for women to consider this. So I will let you take the floor and kind of explain maybe for those that have never followed you or don't know about Ayurveda about kind of the the life cycles and why we kind of flow with that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll start with Ayurveda in case that's new term for people. Cause I know a lot of the times um, I was at the post office mailing all of these books and the lady in front of me was like, Oh, early on the Christmas presents. And I'm like, Oh, actually, no, I wrote a book. She was like, wow, what's it about? And I was like, Ayurveda and living with the seasons and the cycles. And she looks at me with this, like, and I'm like, Do you, huh? have you ever heard of any of those? And she was like, no, but I would love you to tell me about them. So as we were waiting in line, I was chatting about it. And I find that's people's most approach. Like I maybe have heard that word, just not exactly sure what it is. So Ayurveda is all about living in tune. So it breaks down to the wisdom um, or science of life. And so it is a system that originated in India over 5,000 years ago. And so they really teach the seasonal wisdom and seasonal living. And that's where my book kind of stems from that, because I found for us in the West, like having those like steps of like, okay, just tell me what to do. Like, that's what I've had many clients through the years tell me. And I've been a personal trainer for, you know, 14 years is my background too. And a lot of times they're like, just give me the exercise, you know, tell me, here's the template. And so I try to, you know, after that, maybe that's how people start. And then they start to figure out, oh, this actually feels good in my body. This practice does maybe this doesn't. And then that's kind of my goal with this book is there's five practices broken down into each lunar or menstrual cycle phase. And so there's 20 practices in each season. And so if people are starting and they're like, okay, it's summer. What are some practices for me to do? So they'll kind of flip through the summer section and they can break it down and be as specific as saying, you know what? There's a full moon right now. What practices should I do in the summer with a full moon? Or if they're in their menstrual cycle, they can break it down and say, okay, you know, I'm bleeding this week. What are some practices I can do during the bleeding time in the summer? And that's broken down into all four seasons. And so these are wisdom that, you know, 
some of this stuff, like I have people are like, wow, I totally forgot about this. You know, like this is stuff that maybe my grandmother used to say, but it just didn't get passed down through the generations or it kind of got skipped over. Like for instance, our parents' generation seems to be the generation who didn't necessarily keep that wisdom or pass it down or just didn't think it was unnecessary. And so now I think a lot of the people, you know, in our thirties and forties are like, what is this wisdom again? Like I, I, I miss that. I crave that, that connection to nature. So that's where, um, the stem and the, the meat of the book is kind of coming from. It's because when you, in today's society, we're busy, like we're so busy. We want everything to stay the same from January to December, but we'll find that there's times throughout the year where it's more of a struggle. Whereas maybe in March, what we were doing was so easy and it flowed well and we didn't run into any energy struggles or anything like that. But then as you transition into the the November, December, you start to feel like down and out and the, the weather changes and the sun changes and like everything changes. And we tend to, especially I feel like in today's society, you could probably know more about this, but we tend to put it on ourselves as like women are to blame like why can't we handle this now when we could handle this before and then we try and do more to compensate but it's not really necessarily us and our lack of motivation it's honestly just how our body is interacting with the changes of the seasons um, our cycles and that sort of thing correct yeah yeah and I think a lot of it you know as you were just saying that too I think we forget like even last year like oh you know I did fine last winter but you forget like some of the days are long, they get hard and you probably felt the same emotions, but it's been a year. You forget like life is busy. And so yeah. I think sometimes we get in those stories where like, oh, I should be, I should, you know, in quotations be doing better. And I think that's where we get into trouble is we start to think like, like today I was just noticing, I'm like, oh, super low energy. We're coming, you know, end of November right now. It's dark at four 30 here in Minnesota. It's cold. We're hitting the 20 degrees now. And so like, that's where you're just like, okay, like the energy it's outside. What's going on outside is going on inside of our bodies and listening to that. And right now what's happening is we're approaching Thanksgiving week. Then we got Christmas, we got the holidays, you know, that's a busy time. And so for us, when we're low energy, but like life is like here, let's throw in all of these parties and we should be doing this. Then that doesn't quite balance. And then we get to January and everyone is just fried, you know, but yet in January is when all the time, you know, Hey, let's start a new workout program, do this new thing. Even though everyone's coming so depleted, And then we quit the workout program after two weeks, or we think, yeah, let's go on a diet. And you're like, oh, no, I'm not a fan of diets whatsoever, but this is also why they fail. You can see we're coming in with no, you know, we don't have any energy. We have nothing in the reserve tank. We can't stick to it because it's just not realistic. It's a bad time to start things. Yeah, no, uh, you and I are on the same page. I am not a fan of diets either for multiple reasons. Most of them are similar to you. Um, Yeah, I feel like, like you said, our grandparents, maybe our great grandparents, they had this wisdom similar, but they probably didn't name it. Right. I don't feel like most of, at least where I come from on the West coast, uh, they didn't really name it, but you know, like grandma always started doing this, this time of year, always at that, that time of year is because that's kind of how the season goes. And, um, I don't think fitness was as big in their lives as it is now, uh, which is great for us, (laughs) great for women in general. Um, but so kind of explain, for those that are listening and that aren't really wrapping their head around what you mean by cyclical, can you give us an example of what uh, might be better during uh, the summer versus the winter? Does that yeah. make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So I'll kind of break it down um, Ayurvedically. So I have kind of two schools of thought when I think about workouts now, just completely different from where I started 14 years ago. Like the first Andrea trainer, you know, at the age of 22, I'm like, you must work out for an hour. Like when moms would look at me, like, I don't have that time. I'm like, well, you're not going to see results. Like I was just so naive. And I think a lot of people in the training world, like that's just how we come. Cause we're like, we're right out of college. We have time. Why can't you do this? Even though they're like, yeah, no, I'm juggling a lot more than you. And so I look at my old self with compassion. I'm like, okay, that's what I knew. Life is much different now. I've learned. And so for me now, I'm like, okay, the summer months are you vedically looking at? That is the time we call it the pitta dosha, which that's a fiery energy. If you think about what's going on in summer, it's hot. Um, temper sometimes flare. Um, we have that intense energy. We have the fun energy. So it's actually not a time that traditional Ayurveda says to even work out at all. Now, for most people, just because it, it's too much, it's too much heat for some people, and then they really overstimulate, and then they really crash and burn come fall. So you can kind of see that too, you know, maybe even in your own, like, you know, clients that you have, you're like, oh yeah, this person really pushed it because they felt really good. And then all of a sudden they're really crashing and burning come fall. Um, or even if you think about the runner schedule, if they go, 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 and then all of a sudden they're like, whoo, hit that wall. So you can kind of program around those seasons. So the summer is actually a time to take a little bit easier. If you're going to work out, you want to work out the earliest you can um, before 10 AM is ideal. And so that way you're not doing it in the sun heat 10 to two, you try to avoid just because that's when the intense, the heat and all that builds up into the body. So that's kind of the summer months when you're transitioning into the fall season, that's when the Vata season is coming. And so the Vata is a windy season. It's a scattered season. People start to get all over the place. Um, an example I use is people are talking on the cell phone to you and they're like, okay, I got to go. I got to grab my keys. I'm going to go meet you. I can't find my phone though. And your friend's like, yeah, no, you're talking on your phone. <laughs> it happens yeah, all the time. That's the Vata. My hand. <laughs> That's the Vata. Like that's, we all experience that at times, you know, it's just that scattered energy. And so for this time of season, it's actually really good to stabilize the pelvis and work on core. So these are like, um, and I'll give another example of why. So I have a friend who is Vata Dosha. She's a yoga teacher. She was getting up to teach a pose. She fractured her pelvis getting up from a seated position. And that's like that Vata, that's the wind. She had too much wind going on and wasn't, she was only doing yoga. So she had no strength and stability. And so for Vata, it lives in that lower limbs. It lives in the colon. And so that's kind of the area that can get really loosey goosey. And so I kind of focus on, you know, just making sure we're doing some planks or bridges, things like that to stabilize the pelvis squats, you know, how to do them properly. Um, and I also work with the senior population as I know you do. And that's one where we always teach, like making sure we're doing squats. Cause that's the Vata time of life is actually when you're 65 plus. So really focusing on those, especially right now through winter and with falls, like that's kind of something that I always, um, hit on with my senior classes, just to make sure we're getting a good, strong base and foundation. So with that in the windy season, Running outside, depending on if you're going to go running and if you're a runner, protect the ears. So protecting that so the wind doesn't go through the ears, because again, that vata is up in the ears and it can make you get a little bit more spacey. And we've all had that where we come back in and all of a sudden we're like, oh, yeah, I'm just kind of all over. You feel really, really good. And you're like all up here and you're like, oh, yeah, that was the wind that kind of shifted me. Um, and so that's kind of something I'd also be mindful of. Like I just went for a walk. I covered my ears. Um, I always, you know, either my hat or my little head thing. And so making sure that you're doing that if it's a windy day. Um, and then you're transitioning into the early winter is still Vata because it's still pretty cold out. 
late winter and into spring, it's the kapha time. So this is the time when you can go. So this is the time when usually we, we feel like we want to do something, you know, come February through about May, that's really a good time to do those hit workouts, to do the more intense workouts, because that's breaking up the kapha energy, which can look like stuck. So if we look out at spring, it's muddy, it's sticky, it's cool, it's damp, all of that's going on in our bodies. And so we got to break that up. And so movement feels really good during that season to break up the congestion that you might have. This is all interesting. And now I've heard this from you before because I've been following you for a while, uh, but it's always good to hear it again. Um, and so, I, I don't know, I'm like stunned and like taking it all in because I love hearing about this. Even if you don't want to practice an Ayurvedic lifestyle, like there's things that you can't deny. You know, there's, there's things that you're talking about that you can't deny. And I was like listening to you when you're talking about going out on a run because I've been running lately. Um, and it does like you do get a little like spacey after a run and I've been flighty, uh, which is probably why the last couple of weeks have been a struggle for me because I haven't been covering my ears. So I'm going to do that. Yes. Um, and so how can, if a person wanted to just begin and not necessarily go head first in to Ayurvedic or this, but so now with it being the end of November, beginning of December, early winter, like what is one thing that someone could start paying attention to? Like one step that they could start working on like today to just incorporate it and see if they can feel the shifts. I would say starting your day, if you can, if you don't already have like a stretching practice or a yoga asana practice, so that to start your day, um, you know, as soon as you get up and I have found for me, cause I, you know, the morning time is that kapha, that stuck energy. So this is why a lot of people work out in the morning. If you think about it, like all of my clients train preferably before 10 AM, which again, some of these things people might already be doing and they didn't even know why, but it is because it's that coffee time. It's the time where you want to get up and get things out. And so just a little stretching, a little movement, um, some yoga, like throwing on a YouTube video to start your day. That's really grounding to the body. And so if you're doing anything with yoga, maybe you find one that focuses on the pelvis. So if you're one who might be really loose in the joints and you might be really over hypermobile, so work on, okay, let me find one that's really working on strengthening my pelvis and working on strengthening my core and then do that every morning. And the key thing is doing the same one every morning during the Vata season. So not skipping around every day, you're picking a new video. One, you can see how that's scattering. Two, you probably won't do it because then you're gonna be like, I don't know which one to pick. So, I mean, you're starting your day off with like, a huge, you know, not a huge decision, but it's a decision. And then you're kind of, you get decision fatigue and that's, that's a Vata thing. And by the end of the day, you're like, well, I don't know what to do. Cause you're just too many decisions. So same thing. Like I've had the same yoga asana practice. Oh uh, gosh, I think September or August. So, you know, I'm going to use it all the way through the end of December. And then I'm going to reevaluate in January. So that's something that I also recommend is, okay, when am I going to reevaluate what I'm doing? Is this working? So for me, I wanted to open my hamstrings. I'm going to do a routine that's going to open my hamstrings for you. If you're like, Hey, you know, I'm, my chest is really tight. I've heard a lot of people are like, Oh, from sitting at the computer and at the desk. So yeah. maybe you want to find a chest routine and you're opening up your chest and then you reevaluate in a few months to say, okay, did it work? Is, do I feel less tight? And if it's not working, then you want to do something different. If it's working and it feels really good, keep going for another month and then reevaluate. But that is so interesting because I've never, ever, ever heard someone in the yoga community say it's okay to do the exact same one for an extended period of time 
And I don't know if that is today, we have a hard time staying consistent with one thing. We don't like to be bored. I don't mind it because I like to know what I'm doing. Um, but as not with a yoga background and I've only dabbled in it here and there, but I've never heard that. And you're right. That would be so much easier if I got up every morning and I just knew I'm doing this video and this is how much time it's going to take. And this is how I can expect to feel afterwards. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I mean, that was where my teachers told us that this past year. Cause I was like, you know, from again, the fitness background in me is like, well, you're on a changes every four to six weeks, you know? And that's what has been drilled in my head. And then the yoga teachers are like, no, that's so Vata provoking. And most people have a Vata imbalance. So why are you going to change it every four to six weeks for yoga when it's not necessarily the same as like a strength training program, but like it's, that's not, it's not needed. Like that's not what yoga is for. Yoga is for the long haul. You are doing these stretches. Like they had Krishnamacharya who, um, you know, he passed away now years ago, but in his nineties, he was doing the same routine for like 10 years. And that was all he did. You know, when wow. he was 90, he was just doing a forward fold for 30 minutes. He held this pose. Now I would not recommend that most people are going to sit through one pose for 30 minutes, but like, as simple as that, where you're like, oh, wow, that's, that is yoga. You know, it's not like you have to be constantly entertained. You know, the point is to go inwards, which again, I think a lot of us have trouble with that slowing down and, oh, yeah. you know, let's go in, but running, I find is also a way to do it. And if you're really in tune, you know, if you're lifting weights, you're like, okay, yeah, I can, you should be going in. You should be focusing on the muscle groups. It is easy to tune out because gyms now have TVs or, and if you're at home, you can easily flip on the TV and watch something and kind of mindlessly work out. Or you can start to tune in and just kind of notice, okay, you know, how does my body feel today? Do I want to do this routine or do I need something different? Yeah. I've noticed that too. I don't listen to, um, music much at all, uh, when I'm running, especially not if I'm outside, cause I'm usually with my friend, but, um, I stopped, it was almost, uh, overwhelming mm. or there's times in the workout where you're like in a really hard spot. I have to turn it down if I do listening to it, because it's almost like too chaotic for me. So I've kind of strayed away from, from that simply because it's hard. It, it's very hard to focus on what you're doing and get that mind muscle connection and really feel like you're making progress. If you've got other stimulation that is keeping you from that. Yeah. And if you have a Vata imbalance like that, it's all of this extra stimulation going on. It's hard. You can't focus inwards. And that's where I did, um, I've been doing the class, which I love now. This is not going to be a workout for everyone, but I've been loving, it's called the class and it's repetitive movement. It's no, it's body weight, but it's a lot of repetitive movement. And I'm really into this right now, which again is very calming for the Vata. Um, but I noticed at the end, we were stretching, we stretched for like 20 minutes and I already, I do my yoga asana in the morning. So I'm, I'm like, Oh, check. I've done that for the day. So I get done with this and I'm just like, I do not want to lay here and stretch. I wanted to be like, how much time is left? You know? And so I'm like, Oh, let's sit with this. You know, this is my invitation. Let me sit. Why do I want to run? Why do I want to run right now? And that's something that I, for me, I'm really exploring this season of my life. And with my workouts is like, Ooh, what is this edge? What are, what am I pushing with? Like, when do I want to run? When can I stay? When do I stop? When all of a sudden they're like, five more seconds. And I'm like, gosh, darn it. I could have kept pushing. You know, I could have, I could have made it. And I think that is kind of the fun that I'm at right now with workouts and with moving my body is like, where is that edge? How can I tune in? And I think, you know, 
I know a lot of people working out's not their favorite thing to do, but if you could find a way like that, where you're like, Ooh, like how can this, you know, maybe it's not just in your workout that you're doing. It's like, how are you doing this in your real life? You know, if you're constantly stopping right before, you know, the end of the timer or the finish line is right there. And I've had this, you know, kind of aha with a few of my um, training clients where I'm like, Oh, this is interesting to explore and just offering it to them. And I have a lot of clients who are interested in Ayurveda and, you know, the spiritual side of things too. And so they're kind of like, that is so interesting. I've been doing that in my business. So, you know, some who have businesses were like, I'm stopping, you know, it's starting to get hard. And instead of going, I'm like, "Mm -mm, this feels uncomfortable. I don't like this feeling. And so if you can find that edge and that playfulness somehow, I think that helps, um, at least for myself with workouts, it just makes it more fun and moving your body. Yeah. I have found, um, cause I have a few people in my personal life who don't enjoy workouts, but I, I truly honestly believe it's because they have never a given it enough of a chance to work through the discomfort, uh, because we tend to have everything at our fingertips and this noise from society that says, if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. But that's not like, there's a difference between not feeling good, like painful, that sort of thing. But it's okay to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We have to figure out why it's making us uncomfortable. Is I think what you're getting from it. Like, yes. don't just assume that it's uncomfortable because it's not right for you. Like there's sometimes there's an emotional blockage. There's some things going on where you're like, but why do I feel, why am I feeling this way? Because, um, a lot of times it's mental. Like, I don't think it's necessarily always a physical thing. Oh yeah. Um, I just want that's to the mind body connection. So that's the piece that I love that that's where Ayurveda brings it. The mind, body, soul, everything is connected. And the more that we can kind of like tune in fully, we're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That I think was the major shift for myself personally, when I went from obsessive exercising and restrictive dieting and whatever is you get so out of tune with actually listening to your body and you're forcing it to do the things that you want it to do. It's no wonder why all of these women are crashing and they're, they're getting frustrated and they're failing. And it's because we don't listen to our bodies enough. So once I like went in and said, okay, what do I need right now? And I took a step back. Gosh, it's so much better. (laughs) I know, you know that, but it is, it's hard, but it's so much better. And I think it just opens up this world for you to be like, oh, like it relieves so much pressure that women are putting on themselves. And then you can really start listening to what your body needs and not what you want it to look like. Or does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and the, I was having this conversation with, um, someone a few weeks about listening to your body and the marketing. Cause I think a lot of it's just the marketing of, you know, the fitness industry. I'm like, well, a we're failing as an industry. We have been for years. Like people don't yeah. like to work out and we are the sickest and unhealthiest we've ever been in the country in a long time. And yet people are still preaching these same messages that are failing. They're not working. And I, I really get angry when I've seen a few trainers, you know, talk about like, Oh, like you don't know how to listen to your body. I'm like, no, that's not, no, that is horrible messaging. Like you're preaching that. So then people are reliant on you. They should never be reliant on a trainer to tell you how you feel. Like I can never tell you how you should. I'm like, this is the muscle group we're aiming for, but where do you feel it? How do you feel? It's not like me telling you, this is how I'll be like, Oh, how are these burpees going, Tiffany? Great. You feeling great? All right. I'm sure you are. You got a smile on your face and inside you're like, I'm dying. I hate these. These are awful. You know, I'm like, that's, you can't dictate that onto people. And so for me, it's all about like, how do we empower people to actually learn how to listen to your body instead of being reliant on the messaging, which I think then could help 
hopefully eventually turn the diet and fitness industry around from just like, here's the dogmatic approach that we've kind of taken. Yeah, no, I've come into this. I think, uh, one of the things that I gives me a leg up as I came into this as already being a mom and failing several diets, I didn't come into this right out of college. So I've been through a lot of struggles and I've had, I've had that trainer that was like, this is what you need to do. And it's like, and when I'm up, I'm tired. I'm not, I'm not, this is not working. It was all, it's always, I was, it was me like, mm. this should work. This should work. I know it works. It's working for other women, but, um, that's really not how fitness works. <laughs> no. Well, and that's a sign of a, I mean, for people don't know, that's a sign of a bad trainer. I've had people who had horrible experiences before. I'm like, no, I'm meeting you where you're at. Yes. I have my workouts planned for you, but if you come to me and you're like, I have a client a couple of weeks ago, she's like, I just feel like crap. I do not feel well. I'm like, we're going to res- do restorative yoga. Like I'm not pushing you through a workout. I train her three times a week. I'm like, we're not doing restorative or we're not doing a workout. We're doing restore. And she was totally on board. She was like, Oh my gosh, I was hoping you'd say that, you know, and I'm like, Oh man, next time I just, I want you to ask, you know? And so some clients that I've worked with for years now just take ownership. And they're like, I have to do yoga today. I'm exhausted. And I'm like, great. I love that you're learning to listen to your body. And I think before people have felt shamed or, you know, trainers in the past are like, push through, you have this like, no, this is a person who hasn't slept in like eight years. Cause she has a child who doesn't sleep very well. And so like, why am I going to make her do this? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And so really, you know, having that compassion and knowing if you're a trainer, if you need a new trainer, um, if you have one, like, Ooh, these are red flags. Not everyone trains like this. Exactly. And you're, in my honest opinion, your trainer should be, like you said, if they come to you and be like, I'm not feeling it, or this is, you know, whatever I'm overwhelmed. If they don't have an alternate plan for you, <laughs> I'm like, I, I, plan for my, <laughs> I, I program for my clients weekly, just for this. Most of my clients are busy, you know, and they're, they're middle-aged and life gets crazy. Um, and so if you think that, you know, you have, I have a big picture in mind, right. But I give them their program one week at a time and I check in with them because life can change and we have to be able to adjust with it instead of trying to fit in the box, which I think again, comes in with your cycle idea of being able to shift with life and yes. honor the way that our bodies feel as things change. Um, oftentimes before we even realize they change, I think if we can slow down and listen to our bodies, we will get the messaging <laughs> instead of waiting until we hit the wall or we feel completely lost and then throw up our hands. Oh yeah. Um, I want to touch base. I'm on the fence with this personally myself, but there has been a huge boom in the marketing for women to work out around their cycles, but more so is I see a ton of trainers marketing to women saying that they have hormonal imbalances where I don't know that every woman has a hormonal imbalance these days. Um, so I would just like you to kind of have, I just want to know your opinion on this as knowing as you do work out around your cycle. I know you hold your, um, wild women circles and I know that's about new your moon, cycle yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, so, not necessarily that one's not, that one's, uh, around the new moon time, but okay. so the, so working out with your cycle. So this is something that I played with personally. So I think some, yes, it's totally in vogue. Um, and I've been doing this for a couple of years with working out with your cycle and do I do it consistently? No. Cause what I'm, what I found is if you're listening to your body, you're body is giving you the cues. So instead of like working out with your cycle, like I have a guy that, you know, kind of tells you how to do it 
but again, within the guide, it's all about listen to your body because day one of your cycle, like I'm rest is best. Like I'm a big fan of resting day one, maybe even day two of your cycle. Um, now do I see clients on day one or two? Yes. Sometimes our workouts do fall on a day where they're at that time in their cycle. Sometimes we do yoga. Sometimes they feel great and they want to do a workout. Great. We'll do a workout. It's more or less about for me, teaching people how to tune into their body and just knowing where they're at in their phase of their cycle. Because how many of us, like until I really dove into this a few years ago, I was like, I have no idea what the four major phases are called and you know what, how many days they are and all of those things. I had no idea. And so now I'm like, okay, I totally know. Like right now, as we're talking, I'm in the follicular phase, um, approaching ovulation. I know this, like I can tell a, in my body and B, like, I feel good. I have good energy. This is a great time for me to do podcast interviews. Cause I feel the outgoingness come late luteal for myself working out. Not my favorite thing to do. Like I will do shorter workouts. 30 minutes instead of like the class has longer and shorter times. And literally that's all I've been doing. <laughs> I've I'm obsessed with it right now. And so like, I'll do shorter ones during that time. And then during menstrual phase, again, it's usually rest for the first couple of days, maybe go for walks. Um, and so really tuning into that. And during ovulation, I'm like this week, I put in a couple runs. Now my Ayurveda side running is really not good for the Vata dosh and I'm working on mine. So I'm like, okay, it's 12 minutes. I was talking to an Ayurvedic doctor and they had said yes to, so I'm a Pitta. So that's that fiery one. That's the, usually an athlete. So, you know, I was a three sport athlete, so I get competitive. So with that, I'm like, okay, let me plan my 12 minute runs. Cause I'm just going to try this and see if that like, just, you know, what's my appetite for that. And then I can do the class. And then we're good. So, I mean, for me, I'm all about exploring what works best for you. And it's going to change. Um, anytime I have someone who's like, I want, I want to figure out the, whatever approach to my fitness for the rest of my life. I'm like, Ooh, good luck. I have no idea what mine's going to be. I'm like, it's always evolving, you know? Cause I'm like, it evolves. It evolves every month that we're evolving, you know, as women who are cycling, we're constantly like, we're sometimes we're here. Sometimes we're here. We are changing next cycle. Maybe I'm going to be done with the class and I'm back to strength training. Like this is where strength training with weights, like this is where I'm and I'm playing. I actually wrote my newsletter. That's going to go out tomorrow as we're talking about this, but it's really just opening up about, I am just totally playing in my workout space because I think I've come at it from a dogmatic place myself for so many years of like, I got to strength train three times a week. Um, you know, I have to do interval runs. I have not been running consistently for a lot of time, like three years, four years, but that's how I used to think. And so for me, I'm like, okay, let me just pull all of the weeds that I have growing and just explore what would feel good. Like, and for me, that is all I want to do is that, that class workout. Great. Let's explore and play there. Now I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to run. Let me just do the 12 minute thing. See how that feels. And so that's where I think a lot of people, I mean, if you can have more fun with it, like what would be nourishing? Um, I think that can also heal some of the, I hate to work out, you know, go for a walk. Like I'm walking my dog. That sounds fun to me too. You know, how can you have more fun with that? And then listening to your body. So yes. And I also agree with you about the hormonal imbalance. Um, yeah, I do think actually there's probably quite a bit of us who have hormonal imbalances, especially after this last year. Um, uh, but I did, that doesn't mean to say that everyone has one. I do encourage people to get their hormones read. Um, I have a great person here that I, an integrative doctor in Minneapolis that I send a lot of clients who are thinking they might have something going on. I'm like, get your numbers read. I can't tell you that you have to get your blood work actually read by a doctor. And so that's also one, if you're listening, you're like, Ooh, do I just get your blood panels done? And most physicians will do that. And that's the easiest way to tell if you have something going on rather than reading an Instagram post or like, Ooh, I should do this. Like 
just get your numbers read. You'll know. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I come from too. Uh, I actually did have a hormonal imbalance, um, and I was reading. I've read many Instagram posts and telling you what to do, but uh, it just wasn't the same as going to a doctor and having them read and then coming from it from that approach, other than just reading what someone is telling you to do off the internet. It's not really a hundred percent helpful. Like some of the ideas that helped me uh, feel like, okay, yes, it's not me being crazy. Um, Anyways, I just wanted your opinion on that because your book is about cycles and I know you talk about this. So, um, those are practices that like in my book, there are just general practices. That's where I made it like the, the high level where I can stick to the seasons. It can be under the lunar cycle for people who aren't menstruating anymore. And they're like, oh, I want to do something more, you know, connecting me to the elements, but I don't cycle or I don't really care about the cycle. I just want to know what are some great things to do this coming winter. Cause I want to feel nourished in my body. You can just flip through the book like that. And that was kind of my um, intention rather than this book will not heal. Let me just be clear. It's not going to heal hormonal imbalances whatsoever. Um, it might help if you're following some of these practices, uh, if you have some, but that is something that no, um, a doctor will give you some guidance and then you can go from there and work with a, a professional who might be able to help you out further. Yeah. I think a lot of it from just me talking to other people is just, we're not in touch with our bodies anymore. We have, especially for, I think, middle-aged women who kind of grew up when diets were really big and huge and every woman should be on a diet. You know, it's kind of the messaging that I eventually got is we have overrode our body signals for so long because we did not trust it. We did not uh, feel like they were telling us the right things to do. It's no wonder why we're sitting here frazzled and not understanding why we're tired this day and why we have energy that day. It's not us being moody. It's us literally being out of touch with our woman's body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then noticing too, like for myself, I'm like, oh, I pushed it too much last week. So I was just coming off my bleeding phase um, or I was bleeding last week. And I went, I mean, I know this, I've known this about myself since I've been paying attention and I'm like, I should really rest more because what comes to kick me in the butt the next week, I'm tired. Like, so today I was like, gosh, I'm more tired than I should be. Like I should be at my full energy peak right now. Usually I am. If I rested the first couple of days, like I usually like to take the first three days, just kind of really rest, get off social media, all the things. And of course I didn't. And then now I'm paying for it this week. And so that's something also where you can experiment and you're like, okay, does this work? okay. Yeah. That actually really does work for me. I need to honor that about my body. Yeah. No, that is something that I think all women, whether you want to dive in and learn more about Ayurveda, uh, no matter your spiritual beliefs, whatever is just learning that it's okay. It's okay. Not to feel like we are at a hundred percent every single day, completely crushing our lives for weeks on end, because it's not realistic. And it honestly just sets us up for failure. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Any last, anything else you want to touch on? Any last words of wisdom? Well, if anyone wants to know more about Ayurveda, um, listening to my podcast, I have a podcast, Peaceful Power Podcast. That's a great intro to like, just dive back through episodes because I've had my podcast for six years now. Oh my gosh. It's six years this month. So I've learned so much. I've listened to your podcast and I've gained so much. um, A lot of episodes. Yes, I would agree. (laughs) You got to dive through, like scroll through. Find the things that you think will interest you, but, uh, that's what kind of got me hooked on you. 
Oh, thank you. Oh, see, that's right. Sometimes when you do stuff like this, as you probably are finding out too, like I, I know people are listening, but sometimes people don't always tell you that they're listening. And oh, so like no one hearing ever people, tells you that. Yes, yes, I know. And you're like, thank you. You listen. That's so great to hear. Cause you're like, I sometimes feel like I'm talking to myself <laughs> oh, as just a new podcaster. That's what I'm like. I'm like, okay, hello world. <laughs> Let me tell you something today. Well, six um, years in, I still feel that. So <laughs> yes, Lindsay tells me 15 years later, she still feels oh, that way sometimes too. In her so um, <laughs> awesome. So yes, your podcast, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. So listen to yeah. your podcast. Yeah. Um, you said you have a newsletter that goes out tomorrow. Yep. Um, they can find yep. you on Instagram. Yep. Instagram is, is seasonal living mamas. And then my website is just my name, Andrea Clausen. So andreaclausen.com. And the book is information is on there and all the other things that I offer right on my website, if you're curious. Perfect. I will put the links in the show notes for all of our listeners. So Andrea, thanks for coming on. Thank you for giving us kind of a peek into learning how to get in tune with our bodies again, because people tell us that we need to, but they don't really explain how that happens. <laughs> and so I'm glad you can come in and kind of explain that it might look a little bit different for everybody, but why, why it's important to start thinking about it. So yes, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. Please do not forget to subscribe and share this episode. If you found it helpful, a review would also be fabulous. You can find me most days hanging out over on Instagram at Tiff Starts Living. And if you ever need to contact me, my email will be in the show notes. Have a wonderful day. I will see you next time.